0: In the midst of this global crisis, the voices for justice are revealing what really matters. It is time for Planetary Makeover. Here we feature solutions and modern miracles in documentary videos that offer hope for our future and remind us all of our spiritual source. Long ago, it was forecast that at this time in history, extraordinary teachers, including the world teacher, would emerge to help us as we build a world that works for everyone now here's your host of planetary makeover mr david minot
1: Well, hello everyone. We've got an astounding show for you tonight, today, this morning, depending on when you're watching, whether live or in the archives. And our first question is, have you seen the new star of Bethlehem in the sky? It goes by many names, but we thought we'd use that provocative title since that dovetails with Francis Omen's video clip from a larger show that she's working on. And it also dovetails nicely with the conjunction you've been hearing about in the news, in the mainstream news, where it often doesn't show up. That conjunction between Jupiter and Saturn, which is not only a astronomical, but an astrological event. But even though I do build myself as an astrologer, I'm not going to get into that portion of it because everything's on the web now. You can just Google Jupiter conjunction Saturn and all that info will come up. And the interesting thing is that it is happening today. If you're on the West Coast, you will see it between, I believe it's between five and seven. And if you're watching live, this show is on at five. So you got plenty of time after the show to run outside. Don't do it now. Or you can look out the window if your windows are facing westward. And here on the East Coast, if you're watching live, it's now a little after 8, and it will be viewable in the western sky as well, in the lower western sky, between 8 and 10. So if it's not too cloudy out there, and I didn't check to see if it was clear, I think we got a few clouds here, um, and I'm in Boston right now, um, but maybe we'll get a clear shot later on. But the part of the other reason I'm so big on it is because of my own personal experience taking pictures of this phenomena since, let me think, the first week in January of of 2009. Now, the video you're going to see tonight is a segment from a larger piece, as I said, that Francis is still working on. And you'll actually get to see Francis in this video, which is a rare treat. And this is called Countdown to Now. Quantum Leap for Planet Earth. This is some, a project that Francis has been working on for some time so we're eagerly awaiting the results. So this is just a, a segment and keep that in mind while you're watching it. You'll get the bigger picture when she completes it and we all get to watch it in the very near future. So as I said, this, is, this conjunction is coinciding with with our show tonight, which is about a star, in quotation marks, and Christmas. Now, this conjunction, I'm told, happens about every 19 years or so. However, it's not this close, and it doesn't happen at night. So this is really the first time in, what did they say, 800 years? One news report, the BBC said 400, another one said 800. I'm going to go with the 800. 800 years and that was in the 13th century and you won't be able to see it again until let me think about 80 years from now or maybe I'm mistaken maybe it's 60 years from now yeah 2080 and I'll be 120 something years old by then so I'm not sure I'm going to be around so I'm going to check it out this time and I hope you do too now What do you think about the timing? Is it coincidence? Is it happenstance? Was it meant to be? I'm going to leave that up to your own speculation, but better yet to your own intuition as to whether or not these things are happening at Christmas for a reason. Because some have speculated, speaking of speculation, on the Main Street News that this is what they saw over the Middle East- 2,000 years ago, and that's what the so-called Star of Bethlehem was, just a conjunction between Jupiter and Saturn or some other planets. We're going to postulate that it is something more than that. It was then, and it is now. But remember, too, we're not here to convince you of anything. We're simply presenting this information. What you do with it is strictly up to you. It's for your consideration only. But we would ask that you try and watch with an open mind, which everybody thinks is easy, but you know, a truly open mind is the rarest thing on the planet. Most of us, when we encounter something new, we run it by what we already know. If it agrees, we accept it. If not, we reject it. And why do people do that? Well, it's a lot of work to accept something new. It means you have to change the way you think, the way you look at things, and... Excuse me just a second. I'm hearing noises here and I want to make sure all those devices are shut off. And as I said, people will will accept things that are part of the status quo. They don't want to have to change their life. They don't want to have to change the way they think or what they believe, whatever that may mean, or what they view as fact. And so people are – Quizzically, they're sort of um, peculiarly, is a better word, peculiarly resistant to new ideas. And it's kind of odd when you think about it. So let's be aware of, of that self, of that, of that notion of, of blocking out new ideas and clutching onto old ones, even when they're worn out like an old garment. And also, as we do every week, we assert that humanity is not alone that we have help and assistance of an extraordinary kind. And these are not gods. These are humanity's elder brothers. And what do I mean by that? They are human like we are, only they've completed the path that we, mean you and I, are still on. And you'll get there too. We call them masters of wisdom, uh, the uh, Brotherhood of uh, light, uh, lords of compassion, the spiritual hierarchy of the planet. They go by many names. And several lifetimes from now, you'll be a master of wisdom, too. Master doesn't mean that they control anyone. It means they've controlled their own energies. And it means that you no longer have to come back here to the earth school it, you can't learn – you really – it can't teach you anything more. So you'll keep – you're moving on from there to what we call the kingdom of souls or the spiritual hierarchy, as I mentioned. And But evolution doesn't stop there. It goes on infinitely. The evolution of consciousness never ends, but eventually you'll be free of it here. And think about it. Aren't you getting a little tired of this experience over and over and over again here? According to our esoteric sources, you may have a hundred thousand lifetimes behind you and wouldn't it be fascinating to move on to another plane, another world? I don't know about you, but, um, this is getting a little old for me, even though I I love my life here on planet earth. So this phenomena has been uh, prophesized by, great philosophers and religions for thousands of years. And what are some examples? Well, the world teachers awaited by, say, for instance, the Muslims as the Iman Mahdi, the Jews as the Messiah, the Hindus as the latest incarnation of Krishna, by Christians as the Christ and by the Buddhist as the Maitreya Buddha. They at least got the name right. But as the world teacher has said, don't look for gods. These are human beings like yourself, simply perfected human beings who have powers that we don't possess yet because we're not fully self-actualized. But technically you could do that in the blink of an eye. And I'd love to see somebody do that without without having to go through all these lifetimes and all these changes. I love to be able to do that. So none of this, as I said before, are you expected to believe. You can let it all go in one ear and out the other. It doesn't matter. What matters is what you know and what you sense to be real. We're coming out of the age of Pisces and into the age of Aquarius. And for those of you who are chuckling who remember the song from Hare, Age of Aquarius, that was, remember the, the title of the song, Dawning of the Age of Aquarius. The Age of Aquarius didn't technically begin till about the year 2000, and it lasts 2,150 years. That's over 2,000 years of peace, love, justice, synthesis, ecological restoration, world peace, justice for all, and everyone's basic human rights being honored and fulfilled. This is what we're on the verge of. We're on the edge of an age of enlightenment. It's not the end of the world. It's the end of an age. And considering what it was like, good riddance to that age. I'm sure you're all ready to welcome the new one. And when, uh, as I mentioned, when I mentioned Aquarius and Pisces, Each of these astrological signs and all of them have a two-word moniker. For Pisces, it's I believe. So we just came out of the age of I believe. For Aquarius, it's I know. So we are in the age of I know, so to speak, in the age of where people need – they need proof. They don't just need, you know, blind belief. They want to know. And so we have to provide that for them. And since what I'm presenting to you is all, mm, let's call it theoretical at this point, feel free to be as skeptical, disbelieving, um, cynical, (laughs) and um, dismissive as you like. And feel free to laugh at it too. Laughing is always a good response to just about anything. It doesn't matter because on a soul level, you already know all this stuff i not telling you anything you don't already know. But the personality, our personalities, it may take a little bit longer for it to trickle down or bubble up from the soul level to the conscious, physical brain. And this information will come out. So in the meantime, I tell the skeptics, by all means, indulge in being skeptical and dismissive. Knock yourselves out because the day is coming when this will pass all gainsaying. To use an archaic word, even the most abject mind will not be to able to deny this information, this truth. So, if you want to be skeptical, by all and dismissive, and disbelieving of all this, by all means, do it now. Knock yourselves out. Get it out of your system. And um, also, after we have the we have the the video. Um, we're going to have call-ins and here's the number, put it on a smaller piece of paper so it doesn't get in the way of my face. It's 877-627-6008. That's 627. Oh, sorry. We left out the 888. 888 888-627-6008. And I'm going to repeat that after the video so that everyone who has a chance to call in can do so and we'd love to get your calls and to hear from all of you your take on this and it doesn't matter as I said whether you believe it or not feel free to call up and give me a hard time Um, it's okay and also Um, This show will be available on demand in about three days or so. There's a couple other shows there. Not all the shows are up there yet, but we're working on it. So having said all that, I think we can hand this back over to the producer and let him roll that excerpt. Oh, and one more thing. Frances Omen, as I said before, she's going to be in it, so look for her. All right, Mr. Producer, go ahead and roll that tape.
2: I came back from a trip with my family one day at midnight. We pulled into our street and parked our car. And as I got out of the car, I realized there was this unbelievably bright object hovering, it seemed, above my street it didn't really look like a star because it felt like it was too close it felt like it was just you could just reach up and just touch it it was so close and I didn't realize until the next night that I was looking at the star it came back and it didn't move all the other objects in the sky were making their path across the sky but it stayed stationary it just looked like it was hovering literally perfectly stationary above my street and um, I took film of it. I actually pulled in with my Zoom and you could see that there was a color around the outside of it. And it was so clear to me that it was not a normal star. And it really felt to me as though um, it had responded to me and that it was a sign of hope for all of us. And I, I kept thinking, I wonder who else could see this? Who else was watching this? So people recognizing what's happening on our planet. And that we have help. We have help from within and on our planet and from these visitors that are coming to help us. And uh, I think it portends great, great change in such a positive way for this planet.
3: Just before Christmas on December 12, 2008, the media of the world received a press release sent from Benjamin Cram the editor of SHARE International Magazine. It said that in the very near future, people could witness, day or night, a large star-like luminary, which doesn't stay put. Kram asserts that it has been manifested in a similar way only once before, at the birth of Jesus. Could humanity's great crises have brought forth spiritual help as it did in Bethlehem? Thousands of YouTube videos of this new inexplicable star started to show up on YouTube shortly after the Share International press release. And they keep showing up in the sky and online. It appears inside of Earth's atmosphere. It can move, spin, pulsate and blink. It can change size and shape. It can be round, diamond or hexagonal can change its position in the sky it can get closer and it can recede at speed it is very bright and sometimes the only star visible it can radiate bright colors often in quick succession mr cram writes that enlightened beings on other planets are very worried about our planet and that with their superior love and technology As they did before in Bethlehem, they are now doing it again. This time there are four of them placed around the planet so every eye can see them.
4: So, going back to UFOs, and this will start tying in Benjamin, Krem, and Sharon
5: International. For the last couple of years, there have been thousands of sightings, so we're kind of getting back to the UFOs. Yes. And, and more current, there's been thousands of sightings of a star-like luminary, which moves and shapes color. What Can you tell us about this phenomenon? I know it's, it's, it's,
3: there's plenty of pictures in your documentary. So, um, when this announcement was made... As soon as that happened, the, this phenomenon began occurring. And it's wonderful that we have YouTube now because every time someone saw something, people who'd never heard of Benjamin Crown or Share International or um, any this Starlight Luminary, people were photographing and saying, What is this? And things all over the world, some of the most recent being um, these beautiful spirals. The first spiral one. Um, were, It was seen over Norway, and immediately the government came in. First of all, they asked the Russian, it was, the Russian military was, did you have a misfired rocket? Because sometimes a misfired rocket spirals down. And they said, no, no, we didn't shoot any rockets. And um, within hours, CNN and Fox were saying, no, it wasn't, it was a misfired rocket. And they had stock footage from the government of what a misfired rocket looks like, which first of all is, Quite different. Uh, Open Minds Magazine has a beautiful spread on that showing the difference between a a failed rocket that spirals out of control and one of these spirals. But Benjamin Cram when asked um, well was this one of the stars he said yes it was and there'll be more and indeed there was another one identical to that over um, Australia and another one over Canada I think. and then the most recent amazing one, um, with all of the activity that's happening in the Mideast, was in the old city of Jerusalem, over the dome of the rock on Temple Mount, which is a holy site. A huge UFO was over, right over it. Now, there's a understanding of it, from airplanes and satellites and everything that nothing can go over it. It just could never happen, and so, Um, here was this beautiful UFO. And people photographed it with their cell phones. This is the cool thing. It's like, we can't really hide these things anymore. So, everybody shot it and at a certain point, this, whatever it was, shot up into the sky all the way up and disappeared. And it was all over YouTube and all over the news. So, the media is having to cover it, but it is interesting to see. Now, I haven't seen a a disclaimer from the government coming in on
6: that one yet, but usually they're there very quickly. The beings coming in the so called flying saucers, the UFOs, are 100% friendly, 100% on a powerful, deep spiritual mission to help humanity A, to avoid self-destruction through nuclear war and B, to aid and guide in every way possible those who can respond to them and who are not afraid of them who are friends, who are aware that they are friendly have never harmed a soul on planet Earth And yet, have constructed against them mainly, I have to say, by the American government and its agencies. Not necessarily by the American government, but by the agencies of the American administration. A series of lies, of innuendos, of Lines which have made even the strongest awareness of and contact with UFOs such a nonsense to the majority that most people who have any kind of experience with the space brothers are too afraid or too embarrassed, too shy to do anything about it. And yet it is one of the great happenings in our life today that we are being helped in a great spiritual mission
4: about the star, and then what happened? I heard about the star, and then a couple of weeks later, I just happened to be talking to a friend about another subject. We were just visiting, and she said, "Oh, you know, I happened to—I was looking out the window one night, and I saw this beautiful star. And I kept wondering, well, it's not a planet, it's not a star, it's composed, it's not a satellite because they—they they don't." give out light, they would reflect it, but I don't know, so then I said, all of a sudden it sounded familiar, I'm like, hmm, star, hmm, sun, that sounds, so then on my way home that night, we were driving down the highway, and I looked out the window and I saw this beautiful star, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I told my husband, look at that, that's the star, and so when I got home later, almost every night I'd look out, and I'd look up and I'd see it, oh, thank goodness, so I was talking to another friend on the phone one evening, and I told her about the star, so while we were talking, she goes outside, she says, I see it, oh my goodness, it's got those beautiful rays shooting out from it, and I'm hmm, it's not my glasses, <laughs> or the mirror, the uh, window, it's really there, I said, yeah, she said, oh, I haven't seen anything like that since Jesus, and I'm like, okay, oh, hey, that's beautiful, that's the star, so, but one day, I, one evening, I drove home, and I got out of my car, and I was looking for the star, just for some consolation, and I didn't see it, I'm like, oh my gosh, so I walked to the door, and I looked up, and there it was, so, Made me feel better. What did it look like? Well, it's just so bright and beautiful, and it, it, there's like rays shooting out from the points. There seems like there's about seven or eight points on it, and there's light, rays of light that shoot out from that. So that's been my experience with the star. And I talk to it sometimes. So thank you.
7: I'm a person who's spent his life working uh, with science and technology. Uh, got uh, degrees in science from Berkeley and a uh, systems analysis degree from the universe from uh, the Air Force Institute of Technology. I spent some time in the Air Force. So I um, was familiar from being in the Air Force with the concept of UFOs and um, the fact that many pilots had seen these kinds of things. So it wasn't something that I thought was uh, non-existent, but I never personally had any experience with anything like that. And I uh, certainly was the kind of person that didn't jump to conclusions about anything without going through the scientific process and uh, having, you know, good evidence. So uh, we, were, we were in among a, quite a few tall trees and we walked the path where the sky behind some trees was exposed and sitting right there, just motionless, was a bright, round object. It just blew my mind. You know, I, I would say it looked you know, like maybe at the end of my hand, that big. And uh, I remember thinking at the time, wow, this is really great. Uh, I've never seen anything like this in my life. My wife saw it to me, and we were talking about it a little bit. And uh, uh, and then I remember thinking, my goodness sakes, what what a bright moonlight night it is. And then I realized later, we weren't even there on moonlight nights because it interferes with the sightings. The light... That was making shadows cast from the trees everywhere, and and lit up the whole area. It was coming from this single bright object that was in the sky. So uh, after that happened, uh, we went home the next few days, and I just you know told people about it. I thought it was pretty interesting, and then I just really kind of forgot about it for a while. And then around December, um, I'm with a group of people that. Uh, sort of have an internet connection where they put out information that they're interested in that's in common, and something that came up there was um, a news release um, by a man who was named uh, Benjamin Krem, and it said that uh, there would be a star that would appear in the sky that could be seen both day and night. And and then shortly after that, uh, people started reporting that they were seeing something like that and um, something that was bright and unusual. And uh, I I immediately thought back about that object that I saw before this this news release even came out. And it fit exactly the, the, the description and also matched some of the pictures that ended up showing up on some websites and on YouTube and so on that people were getting in the few months after that news release came out. Uh, So also, I uh, in fact, um, I have a friend who's from Haiti, and he he works down there trying to establish, he's been working down there trying to establish a school for children, got about 350 children, and I met with him uh, in February following this forecast. And I was telling him the story of the experience we had near Mount Shasta, and then these pictures that were showing up on the Internet of uh, this object that uh, you could sort of describe as a star-like object because it just sits there, it doesn't move, yet it's much larger than any star I've ever seen. And he told me that there in, in Haiti, while they were there, they saw the very same thing, and it just stayed in the sky all night. Every time he got up to go to the bathroom, he uh, said so he'd look up to check again, and and it, would, it was there, and he hadn't heard any, anything. He didn't, had no background in any of this like I did. So he and his friends that were together just decided, well, it must be some kind of secret, super-secret new technology. He thought maybe it was, you know, U.S. satellite or something, but it was too... Satellites have to move to stay in orbit, so it couldn't have been a satellite. Um, at that at that altitude, so uh, he was pretty impressed, and then I showed him some of the pictures that I had taken from the website, and he pointed right directly to one and said that was it when I first saw this um, uh, news release uh, from the the man Benjamin Krem pertaining to a uh, an illuminated object, a star, so to speak um it also talked about the symbology of this which meant which which stated said that this was a herald that there was a herald of the return of the Christ it was related to that event and I don't know for some reason I instantly connected that with the star of Bethlehem and um, which we all know is, is a story about a star-like object that the wise men saw and actually followed so it Probably moved around a bit before it arrived at Bethlehem. So I, you know, I think that that caused um, my—it's caused me to hold that impossibility rather than to just immediately go uh, darkly skeptical about it. And and the fact that I saw such an object uh, reinforced in my mind uh, the possibility that. This was uh, worth holding in possibility and and respecting it and uh, deserves some further uh, investigation before drawing any conclusions.
1: Pretty thought-provoking, eh? Have you seen anything like that before? Well, we're hoping now that, having seen this, you will consider calling in. There's the number again. Remember, that's 888 627 And, you know, speaking of the little clip that Francis provided us with, interesting that that woman who was talking about it pointed out that planets reflect light as do satellites. They don't give off light. Only a star does that. And this was too close to be a star. And I've I've talked to my friends about this for years. I was always fascinated with UFOs, but since this phenomenon began in 2008, I've been talking about it nonstop and I make, I poke fun at myself by pretending I'm someone in the third person saying, saying, UFOs, space brothers, really? (laughs) So don't make me have to laugh at you. You can laugh at me now, but I will get the last laugh (laughs) as far as this goes. Um, And what was interesting too, was the man from the Air Force. Now we know that across the planet, Nearly every government that has any information on UFOs, and most of them do on sightings, have released footage, documentations, still pictures, testimony from people who have no interest in esoteric studies, aren't members of our group, aren't UFOologists, however you want to say that, or any of these things. Ordinary people who have seen extraordinary things. Even in our country, um, people have testified, not official government testimony, and have said that they've shown up at at uh, Air Force bases. And there have been malfunctions while they were there. But they realized that they were non-threatening malfunctions. And since there have been so many near misses during the Cold War, meaning near launches of missiles when people thought there was an attack, when there really wasn't, that they may have been helping out at these uh, at these missile sites. So that's something to consider. And as I said, all the, the world's governments have commented on this positively, except for the United States, which said in a release something to the effect of there are no such things as UFOs, but they're friendly. <laughs> Let it never be said that government bureaucrats don't have a sense of humor because somebody, somebody phrased that cleverly and the higher-ups didn't really catch it. Of course, they're probably not too aware to begin with, so that would explain why they didn't catch it. So we've got evidence here as well all kinds of airline pilots and any Air Force personnel that you know can tell you their own stories about unexplained phenomena that they've seen in the sky. Now, this wasn't mentioned in the clip. However, it has been said by Benjamin Krem, who you saw in there, that these craft are about five football fields in diameter. And it is, of course, the Space Brothers, (laughs) Our, our brethren from adjacent planets, and there are thousands of years ahead of us technologically, and this is key, spiritually. No conflict, no war, no poverty, no hate, none of that. And so their craft are literally giving off love energy. So it's certainly nothing to be creeped out by or frightened of. And also, they're composed of etheric matter. You've heard us talk about this before on the show. There are four levels of matter above the three dense physical ones that we're familiar with, Uh, liquid, solid, gaseous. You know, when someone says I can see your aura, that's evidence of the lowest of those four etheric levels. So on the etheric planes of matter, there's a great deal of activity. And with the advent of what became known as Carillion photography, um, like when they would show a picture of a hand and the hand would be in silhouette, but you'd see this light coming off of all the fingers and in the palm that proved that and science later reinforced it that every living thing has an energy field and that energy field is generally not visible to the naked eye. So of course on those planets in our system, no one could live there in the dense physical, but on the other planes of matter, there's a great deal of activity and These friends of ours are visiting here in their craft for 300,000 years or so, have thousands of bases all over the planet and do nothing but help us out, which is another whole show in itself. So I won't get too deeply into that. Um, But until we get some questions here, I wrote down some questions in my notes here that some people might have had. And one of them may be. Why so many stars? I'm getting confused here. Well, we said that the, the one, uh, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, of course, is not a star. It's a couple of planets. And it was also mentioned that there are four of them strategically placed around the planet in the atmosphere so that you can view them from anywhere on the planet. They do dis- disappear from time to time to recharge themselves. We're told we go, they go to the sun to get that energy, something that we've started to do too, haven't we? And they move very slowly, not like satellites or planets, but the Earth does rotate, so um, they do move out of range after several hours. I know because I've been taking pictures of them, as I said, since January of 2009, and you saw a few of my pictures in that video, right here from Boston, right outside my door, outside my building, and just in various parts of Boston, in the south end, in Dorchester, in Roxbury Crossing, where I am now, but it's visible from everywhere, and if you look in the sky, in the sort of the northwestern sky, sometimes it's the northeastern, they move around from time to time, In at dusk, If you look carefully, you'll see a light, the only light in the sky at that point, not even the moon's that bright, unless it's, you know, waxing or waning full moon. And as the light fades, it will become more and more visible. It'll be quite clear to you that it is the brightest light in the sky, even when the moon appears and even when the stars and the planets are out for all to see. And when I've taken pictures of it, I've seen it rotate, change colors, change shape, and it looks like we have a we do have a caller. So Mark from from Santa Clara or is that Santa Clara?
6: Santa Clara.
1: Santa Clara, Mark, welcome to the show. Um what was what's on your mind?
5: Um you mentioned that you've seen them uh sometimes and photograph them. Um have you seen uh and you also said that they've changed colors. Have you seen them move, or do you think that you've communicated with them? They moved in response to your thoughts.
1: They, they, they. I have seen them move a little bit. I think they were, I think they were moving in my in response to my, my clumsiness in trying to focus the camera. Uh, it seems as though they came in closer so I could get a better look because I was futzing around with the camera, you know, in the dark outside. On a tripod, and it was awkward at first to get the right um, speed, you know, the right aperture and all of that. And I have asked them, because they say you can communicate with them, Space Brothers are fully telepathic. I have asked them to show up, uh, to get brighter, more in focus, closer. And I feel as though from time to time they have responded and they have changed colors. And they have changed shape. I'm taking a picture of a, um, of a circular one, and I look away for a second, or I'm fussing with a camera, and all of a sudden it's a, it's a pentagon. And then it goes back to a circle or a trapezoid or something like that. So, yes, we've seen all of those things. A- have you seen it yourself, Mark?
5: Uh, no, I haven't. Have you seen them in different parts of the sky
0: from your location?
1: Yes, yeah, Mark. They they change position from time to time. Um, Sometimes it's right outside this window here. If I could just turn for a moment. That window right there. And then other times, I can't be so lazy. I got to trudge downstairs with the tripod and the camera and set it up in the parking lot because they're over here. They're in the north eastern sky. So yeah, they change positions. And there have been times when I haven't seen them for a couple of weeks, perhaps because they wanted to give somebody else a really good shot of them, as they had given to me weeks and months on end, and and then they come back. Does does that answer your question, or did you have some any more?
5: Uh, uh, that's it. Uh, thank you very much.
1: You're welcome. Thank you very for calling in, Mark. Yes, as were your questions. And see, the great thing about people like Mark calling in is he helps educate all of us. And he makes me think in ways that I hadn't thought to begin with, um, details that I had overlooked. And he probably is, in his own intuitive way, picking up on some of your questions and in a mysterious way, answering questions for probably a lot of people who are out there, but can't call now. And what else was I going to say? What else did I have in my notes here? Hmm. Oh yeah. Well, I had plenty of naysayers saying to me even after it had been confirmed by Ben that it was out. Oh, that's Venus or Mars or Mercury or Jupiter or Saturn or Uranus or Neptune or even Pluto, which is pretty dim because that's the farthest uh, from earth and from the sun. People don't say that so much anymore But uh, they have gained, they have increased in curiosity and in response. People seem to love the pictures. Even if they don't have any experience or background of seeing it, um, people respond to them because I believe that the, and here we go with that belief part, um, that the, or I should say, I think that the pitch, just the pictures of them are giving off positive energy. So just gazing at it is a, great experience And what about um, what about historically going back to the whole star of Bethlehem, our esoteric sources had told us that that original star of Bethlehem was really a spacecraft too. Space brothers, part of the spiritual hierarchy, wanted to help herald the coming of uh, the world teacher for that age, particular age Jesus. And so they're part of his uh, PR group, so to speak. And, you know, Neil Young wrote a song called Star of Bethlehem. Have any of you heard that? It's a really pretty song that he does in a, a duet with Linda Ronstadt, I believe. And at the end of the song, he said, maybe the star of Bethlehem wasn't a star at all. And back then, when I first heard it in 1977, that really annoyed me. I'm like, what's he talking about? Now I know what he was talking about. I think he knew what he was talking about. The Star of Bethlehem wasn't a star at all. Neil was absolutely right way back in 70, and I think it was recorded in like 75 or written back then. So, yes, they uh, claimed that the Star of Bethlehem was a craft, and that's why it moved, and the wise men were able to follow it. Think about that. Has anybody ever thought about that with a biblical story? We were all told the wise men followed the star. Okay, let's go with that. What star do you know that guides people, apart from, say, like the northern star, guides people, you know, across the Mideast? And it's said too, at least I think this is what I heard, that those three wise men were masters of wisdom. Makes sense, doesn't it? That they would know about this sort of thing? So um, dealing with, uh, looking at my notes, another skeptic would be somebody who was in the meditation group and they were on board with the notion of the world teacher. His name is Maitreya. He's back in the world helping us out. He's not a guru. He's not a priest. He's not a pastor. He's not a leader. He's not here to conquer or to lead. He's here to teach in the broadest sense, not to tell us what to do, just to advise. But when he heard the story was connected to <laughs> two UFOs, that was the last we saw of him. That was a little too much for him. And yeah, it's probably a little too much for some of you, too. And that's okay. doesn't matter. Let it be too much. Let yourself be skeptical. Skepticism protects you from a lot of shysters out there. And this way, it'll give you some more time and more leeway. To research this on your own. And speaking of research, look what I got for you. I would highly recommend this book by Benjamin Krem. Oh, and I should probably have this up again too, shouldn't I? I should have that up too. The telephone number, 888-627-6008. This book right here. The Gathering of Forces of Light, UFOs, and Their Spiritual Missions by... None other than Benjamin Krem with his painting on the cover entitled Pluto Routed. That's the black shape you see going down the side. Excellent book. You can find this online many places. Oh, but one we wanted to tell you about is this one right here. That's a site where you can get a lot of interesting Share International material, including audio material. That's Share share And not only is this fantastic, and by all means, look that up. The Gathering of the Forces of Light, UFOs and Their Spiritual Mission by Benjamin Krenn. That's a great one. And have any of you heard of Gerard Artson? That's Artson with two A's, the word art with two A's and Sen, S-E-N, he's Dutch, and he's written a number of books on the subject which are absolutely fantastic. And I can attest to that because I've read most of them myself or are in the process of reading them. And you can find him on Facebook, ask him questions. And he also has his own website. So if you Google his name or whatever search engine you choose to use, you will find him, Gerard Artson. And that's only one of his books. Let me show you the rest. Oh, we've got another caller. Let me stop babbling. Silito, Silito from Seattle. Silito, welcome hey, to guys. the show. <laughs> Hello. Thank you.
5: What's,
4: what's Thank on your mind? You a
5: great show.
4: Thank you. Oh, I wanted
5: to uh, comment. You know, Benjamin Krems, he is I'm familiar with his writings and he certainly has emphasized that the visitors from outer space to this planet are, are here with very positive intentions. Uh, in, in fact, he's mentioned that, there, that 90% of their work is to neutralize nuclear waste in our environment that our instruments cannot even detect and yet there is a, just enormous you know just very serious presentations and i've seen them um you know certain ufo ufologists in the area here there's a lot of sightings here and uh people tend to want to overlay i guess their fears on on extraterrestrials so I wanted you to comment on that. Are there negative forces that are coming to this planet? Um, Are they really all positive uh, visitors? What what are your thoughts on that?
1: That's a very thoughtful question Silito and, and thank you for asking that. Yet another thing I haven't mentioned yet tonight. Our information from our esoteric sources, and a lot of that is from our friend Gerard Artson and from Benjamin Krem, are that the Space Brothers are beneficent, as Elito has explained, and they do use their implosion devices to clean up all that nuclear waste that's collected in the upper atmosphere. And had they not, this planet would probably be uninhabitable by now. They've been doing that since the 40s. All they get in response is bad Hollywood movies for the most part. Except for a few, and they are, in the main, very positive. Um, any any space brothers that are not on the up and total up and up, um, are not even allowed to visit this planet. So this planet is protected, and yes, all the ones that come here are very highly evolved. All they want to do is help their younger brethren, just you and I, and keep and help us. Prevent the destruction of the planet through our own misuse of our natural resources and the weapons that we've created so that we can continue to evolve and join them in this hierarchy of masters and this group of planets that makes up our solar system. And humanity is kind of clueless at this point, so we're not even aware that the other planets are inhabited and are visiting here. So, yes, Yolito, they're all positive, the ones that we see here. They do nothing but help. And Americans got a lot of their bad press from our own government. After incidents like Roswell, the U.S. government began an official disinformation campaign to discredit our space brothers. And this has affected the public after generations of negative feedback so that people are at the point now where um, some are even frightened of the notion. Um, and But that's starting to dissipate now, now that other countries are talking about it and that even people here who've had experience are talking about it. And now that fog of confusion is beginning to disperse. Did that answer your question, Silito?
5: Yes, also scientists, uh, uh, in the areas of system science, according to Gerard Artsen, are recognizing uh, that uh, there's a whole realm of understanding that we haven't even uh, delved into in terms of UFOs and Space Brothers, that uh, consciousness, um, we've been looking at it in terms of do they exist or don't they exist, and we've been asking the same question for decades um and we haven't even advanced to asking the question of what their purpose is here um, this is true when oh well Silito, uh, we i don't to- mean
1: to interrupt but, but we're going to be out of time in 45 seconds
5: thanks for your for all your information david and your your uh, show every week
1: and thank you for calling in Silito. in our last few seconds i'll try to address that yes consciousness is everywhere all the atoms of creation are connected even space has consciousness is alive and the planet is alive and the space brothers are trying to get us to see that unity of being that is everywhere and so is our friend gerard Artson. there's another one of his books well in what little time we have left i've only got a few seconds there's another one of his books that silito was alluding to and here's another one and we've got to go But thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you so much.
0: Tune in right here in two weeks for the next Planetary Makeover Show, as we watch and discuss another video by Francis Omen in light of the timely and non-denominational ageless wisdom teachings that will fill your spirit and inspire you with hope for the future. A world that works for everyone. So be prepared to call in and share your views and questions in another uplifting episode of Planetary Makeover.